In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, we're gathered here tonight to concern ourselves with the most serious and yet the most mysterious and beautiful and comforting thing that our hearts will ever consider in this life. On this day, 2,000 years ago, the most holy God died the death of a sinner in order that you and I may live. And so to better praise our Lord's bitter suffering and death on the cross for the sake of the world, we ought to first consider what happened the night before and we'll consider the very first reading that you heard uh, in the text today in the Passion uh, of Christ. And I think if we understand what happened then, then we will better praise him why he went to the cross and died. Now, concerning the night before, all the Gospels have this account. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John have the account. They all record the events of Jesus praying in the garden, uh, Judas going to where Jesus is, there being a great crowd with, uh, with him with swords and clubs and lanterns and torches. And, and they say that Judas uh, betrayed Jesus with a kiss, and then how the soldiers came up and they seized and arrested Jesus. All of the Gospels say this. But there is something that we get in the Gospel of John that we don't get in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. John says that there's something else that goes on between the moment that Judas betrays Jesus and the very moment that he is arrested and bound. And this is what John says. This is what he tells us. He says, Then Jesus, knowing all that was about to befall him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. That is the thing that we don't get in the synoptic gospels in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. But John tells us that when he said, I am he, they drew back and they fell to the ground. So do you see what's happening here? They come to arrest Jesus. Jesus already knew that they were coming to get him. He knew why they were there. And so he steps forward and says, who are you looking for? He already knows their answer and he knows what they came to do. They say, Jesus of Nazareth, he says, I am he. And the Greek here is ego eimi, which doesn't mean I am he. It means I am. And now notice what happens next. The text says they drew back and fell to the ground. The Greek is more clear. It says that they collapsed onto the ground. Those heavily armed soldiers fall to the ground as a group. And it's not that they were surprised or startled as if they simply fell back and tripped. Jesus caused them to fall down. Now, with nothing but a word from his mouth, a sound from his voice, he brings down the entire group of soldiers that come to arrest him. And this is remarkable because this is evidence that Jesus is who he says he is and that he has absolute power and his divine majesty showing forth here. So they had torches and lamps and weapons. And with a word from his mouth, he throws them down into a heap. 
And he shows them that they're not standing before just a man. That they're standing before the God who made them. And the God who with a word can undo them. Who can throw the entire army onto the floor with the word of his mouth. Without breaking a sweat. Now with that being said, that's not the surprising part. The surprising part is what happens next. Where the text says, again, he asked them, whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews seized Jesus and bound him. Now, the question is, why in the world would he knock them to the ground at one moment after they asked that question? And then very in a few moments later, he allows them to arrest him. In the same event, Peter tries to defend Jesus and Jesus stops him and he says, Are you not aware that I can call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? So why did he let them do this? And that is precisely the point. He let them do this. And that's what he's showing them here tonight. He is teaching them nothing else than what he already said in John chapter 10 when he says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. In other words, it's as if he said, at any moment I can undo your army and unravel this entire universe with a word. So don't think that you are taking me to the cross. I am going. Don't think that you are doing this to me. I am doing this for you. I go willingly, not by force. I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. This is what Psalm 118 says. It says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And then it says these words, this is the Lord's doing. The rejection of Christ. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. And dear saints, this is what Jesus teaches us here today. That he was not forced to do this. It was his choice. It was his decision. He went willingly, voluntarily, delivering himself into the hands of sinful men. And that is because he knows the crown he came for. He came not for a crown of gold, but a crown of thorns. He came not for a throne, but the agony of a cross. And it was his decision. And so we simply marvel at what the Lord chose to do for us. And we should be happy. Now is not the time. Now is not the time to hang your head and pretend like evil is triumphing over good or that today is the most evil day in history or something like this. On the contrary, we lift up our heads and we rejoice because we know exactly what he is about to do on that blessed cross. He is about to fulfill the word of the prophets. He is about to erase the mountain of sins from the world with his blood. And so we see that this night... The cross didn't happen to Jesus, but Jesus happened to the cross. Death didn't come to Jesus. Jesus went to death. And no one put those nails in his hands, 
or the thorns into his brow or the spear into his side. He did it. And it is marvelous in our eyes. And once again on that cross, he's about to open his mouth and speak another word. With that word, it is finished. He won't just bring down the soldiers around him. But with that word, he will bring down the entire kingdom of the devil. He will bring down all of your sin, all of your guilt and your regrets, and all of your sin and death. So you have no reason to be sad or mope around this day. It is not like the Lord was defeated. It is not like the Lord was arrested, like he was taken by the force and will of men. This was his doing. And the angels of heaven watch as he, in awe, as he gives himself over in this way, that he comes to accomplish what he has set out to do. We all rejoice that he is now doing the one thing he has been planning to do since the foundation of the world. And we rejoice to see the Lord do what he has wanted to do so much. And this moment, this moment of his death, He doesn't call the moment of his tragedy or the moment or his lowest moment in his life. He calls it his glory. (laughs) He calls it the moment of his glory. The hour of my glory is coming because in that moment, that is when he wins your salvation. In all of his freedom and his sovereignty, his omnipotence, his power, his strength, what does he choose to do? He chooses to be lowly and despised, to be mocked, to be spit upon and arrested and whipped and lashed and humiliated for what? To what end? For you, for your sake, in exchange for you, for your benefit. So dear saints, lift up your heads and rejoice because this day Jesus laid down his life for you by his own choosing. And he was glad to do it. And he does not regret it in any way. So may God bless you this Holy Week and this Good Friday, this day when you see exactly how much the Lord loves you. And lift up your heads and rejoice and leave with great confidence and joy in your heart and praise the eternal love of God who sacrificed not you, not an angel, not any creature, but himself for you, for your sake. Amen. Hear the words of this hymn. O meditate how painfully the Lamb of God on Calvary has died for your transgressions. How dreary was that awful night of agony, how great the fight of his most wondrous passion. O Son of God, eternal Word, divine Redeemer, dearest Lord, we marvel at your suffering. For your disgrace and pain and shame we will ever magnify your name and praise your glorious offering. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.